Pope, he urged them to embrace humility, saying their pride and self-interest is perverting their spiritual lives and corrupting the church's mission. Jim Crisula has more on a new poll showing how Americans are feeling about religion. The vast majority of Americans have a religious preference, predominantly a Christian one, though that percentage is declining. Much smaller proportions of Americans say that religion is very important to them, that they belong to a church or that they attend church on a regular basis. U.S. consumer prices rose 5.7 percent over the past 12 months. That's the fastest gain in 39 years. And the number of Americans filing new claims for unemployment benefits held below pre-pandemic levels. This is CBS News. If you're checking for fever, the leading sign of COVID-19, beware of dangerously inaccurate non-contact thermometers. Instead, learn about Exergen at Exergen.com. I'm Micah Fink, a veteran, a former Navy SEAL, and I'm with Boot Barn to talk about the power of being present. I think like this holiday season, if the whole country could get together and say, you know what, we're going to all turn our phones off, we're going to get really present, and we're going to spend time and we're going to connect, I think two weeks after the holiday is over, the world would be a different place. And that's because people would be changing themselves, and by changing yourselves, you change the world. Boot Barn, share the West. I'm Dr. Baker, an ER physician. If you're having leg pain, swelling, or redness, but haven't talked to your doctor yet, don't wait. This could be deep vein thrombosis, a blood clot which could travel to your lungs and lead to a pulmonary embolism, which could cause chest pain or discomfort or difficulty breathing and be deadly. Your symptoms could mean something serious, so don't wait. Talk to a doctor right away by phone, online, or in person. Brought to you by Bristol-Myers Squibb and Pfizer. Court officials are closer to dividing up the estate of pop superstar Prince. CBS News correspondent Jennifer Kuyper has the story. November tax filings show the IRS and Comerica Bank and Trust, the estate administrator, have reached an agreement on the total value of Prince's assets, which could be more than $100 million. The probate court is set to begin discussions in February on how to divvy up the assets. They'll likely be divided between New York music company Primary Wave and Prince's three oldest heirs or their families. Prince, who died in 2016, did not have a will. Jennifer Kuyper, CBS News. TikTok has now risen to the number one spot on the web, beating out Facebook this year in the social media domain. TikTok has one billion active monthly users around the world. Others in the top five, Google, Microsoft, and Apple. I'm Cammie McCormick, CBS News. Ad paid for by CompleteCar.com. This is a special alert to all Americans who own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles with an auto warranty about to expire or with no warranty coverage at all. Due to the COVID crisis, we are announcing a low-cost extended service plan that is now available to the public to save any driver out-of-pocket expenses on auto repairs. Call now to find out how you can pay nothing for auto repairs. Yes, you heard that correctly. Pay nothing for auto repairs. An open phone line has been established for all drivers to call for a free quick quote. Call 800 549 now. Drivers who are covered by this auto protection will not have to pay for a covered repair bill again. This auto coverage is at an all-time low, much lower than what dealerships are charging. Additionally, drivers who activate this auto coverage today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and free rental car at no additional cost. Call for your free quick quote today. 800-549-1985. 800-549-1985. What do you have to lose? Again, 800-549-1985. Since 1972, Danim Electric has been providing professional solutions at fair prices. Whether it is dedicating a line for your computer, running all new electric lines, installing new lighting, air services, ductwork for distributing the best heating and cooling throughout your home, or complete HVAC system installations for the home or office, Danim Electric can hook you up. Consider a backup generator for those untimely Southeast Ohio power outages. Call Danim Electric, 740-593-8813. That's Danim Electric, 740-593-8813. I don't know if you've heard, but the CNE New Plains has been sold. Hello, this is Tyler. My wife Misty and I are the proud owners of the newly remodeled, fully stocked, and completely updated True Value Hardware and Farm in the Plains. So we invite you to stop on by. Take a look around for your home, hardware, outdoor power equipment, ranching, and farm hobby needs. And as always, thank you for shopping local. 
Brandy. You may know me as a branch manager, but I'm also a volunteer and a band mom. At Park National Bank, we're more than our job titles, and you're more than an account number. You get personal attention and direct access to a caring, compassionate banker who respects and responds to your needs and goals. Find Brandy or a banker near you at parknationalbank.com. Park National Bank, where you mean more. Member FDIC, parknationalbank.com. Fairhope celebrates life. If you're facing an end-of-life situation, Fairhope Hospice and Palliative Care. It is never too soon to call. Fairhope is here to listen. You don't have to face it alone. Fairhope cares for your loved one where they live. Or, during times of stress, the Pickering House is a serene setting providing relief for the patient. To learn more about Fairhope's care from the heart, please call 1-800-994-7077. Fairhope Hospice, we celebrate life. Hey, it's Randy. It's classic car toys and rock legend and gearhead Tommy James this week. Happy holidays from Auto Smarts. That's Auto Smarts Friday afternoon at 106 on 970 WATH and 97.1 FM. If you think you are beaten, you are. If you think you dare not, you don't. If you think you'd like to win, but you can't, it's almost a cinch you won't. Life's battle doesn't always go to the stronger or faster man, but sooner or later, the person who wins is the one who thinks he can. Single game tickets on sale now at Bengals.com. In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. WATH FMs. Boy, do we have a surprise for you. This all came about in the last uh, 36 hours. We're going to talk Bengals today and football. Imagine that. Joining us live today, we have Dave Lapham. If you listen to the Bengals broadcast, he is your color announcer and has a terrific career in football. And if that's not enough, Jimmy Burroughs is here today. Let me see if I got all my buttons just right. Uh, Dave, are you there? Yes, Dave, I'm here. Good. Welcome. And uh, you're you're in Athens, Ohio for the moment, at least on the air. And Jimmy, good morning. Good morning, Dave. Well, Both days. We're, we're, everybody's doing fine. And uh, I tell you, my wife was so excited when she heard we were doing this show. She's become a real Joey Burrow, Joe Burrow uh, fan. And uh, so is a lot of people, and not just in Athens, Ohio. It's really kind of fun. So, Dave Lappin, let's take you for a minute. You've got a long career in football, don't you? Yeah, I've been very fortunate. Um, the game of football has definitely uh, blessed me and my family, and uh, I'm very, very thankful, eternally grateful, really, and got a chance to play uh, professionally for 12 years, and now I've been doing the, the broadcast side of it, uh, radio with the Bengals for for 37 years and then did um, college football and high school football on uh, television as well. So it's been, it's been a heck of a run. I'm uh, very, very appreciative to say the least. Now, where do you live? I live right in Cincinnati, okay. uh, up by Kings Island. I yeah. live, I live a little bit North of downtown up by the Kings Island area. Sure. And um, when you, um, how, how long have you been doing the Bengals? Uh, from a broadcast standpoint, yes, sir. Thirty-seven years. I played. I played with them for ten. I played for the former president. Played for the New Jersey Generals for two years with Herschel Walker and Doug Flutie and those guys for two seasons. But I played ten with the Bengals, and he's done the games on radio for thirty-seven. So forty-seven years altogether. Mercy, that's cool. And uh, you know, one of the things I love uh, is like when. Um, Who's your sidekick there, or the the play-by-play? Dan Hord. Who? Dan Hord. Okay, 
when he's talking and some a play is in the process, I hear you in the background going, "Get him, get him!" and and uh, come on, come on, you know, like um, you're really into it, and it's fun to hear you, you know, talking uh, in the background while he's doing the play by play, and um, I'm sure a lot of people have commented on that, right? Yeah, when I first started doing the games, I mean, that, that's probably a little bit unorthodox. The first uh, <laughs> um, general manager that was with the radio station when I, when I first got hired on to do the games said, look, we want you to do games like you're at a bar watching the game with your best buddies and, yeah. and how you uh, you know might react to football or whatever. And uh, so, I mean, when you're doing, um, you know, network games, that's uh, that's not – not a common practice, but uh, the, the local radio, although local radio has turned into with, you know, social media and all the ways that you can pick up uh, any broadcast you want to pick up. I don't think there's any such thing as, as local and <laughs> national and international. I mean, they can all be picked up the same way. It's, it's turned into a, an unbelievable uh, scenario with social media. It's crazy. Well, um, uh- we also has a, have as a guest today Joe Burrow's father, Jimmy. Good morning, yes. Jimmy. Yes. Good morning. Thanks for having me. You bet. Have you two met yet? I've been on Dave's uh, podcast, so uh, we we've certainly talked, but in in person, uh, we're we're still waiting for that that meeting at, to to get together one of these days. Well, uh, Scott, work on that, would you? <laughs> sure. Okay, you, you get that arranged. Um, See now, Jimmy, um, Mercy, Dave had this, this long career in football, but Mercy, you do too. Um, hit us with some of the highlights. Well, I, I played at uh, Nebraska many years ago. Uh, drafted by Green Bay Packers. Played played one year there. Dave and I, I think we've uh, determined that we actually played against each other at uh, the old Riverfront right. Riverfront Stadium one one game and. Uh, after that year, I, I went to Canada, played for Marv Levy uh, for a year, and, and four more years uh, uh, in Montreal, Calgary, and, and Ottawa. Got into coaching, uh, Washington State, Iowa State, Nebraska, North Dakota State, and then 14 years at Ohio University, and that's that's how uh, I ended up uh, uh, being here. Joe was actually born at in Ames, Iowa, and uh, basically grew up uh, here uh in uh, in Athens and uh, uh, in the Plains. Now, um, you have um, a couple other uh, children too, right? Yeah, I have two, Jamie and Dan. They both played uh, at Nebraska. Uh, uh, Jamie was uh, in uh, Tom Osborne's last uh, recruiting class, signed out of out of Ames. He was player of the year there. And my son, uh, 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 Dan, joined uh Nebraska a few years later and really uh, other than the the first year for coach Osborne they played for uh, coach Frank Solich at, at Nebraska and and I I did play there too for coach Osborne so we have a long history of uh, of football and and uh, being Nebraska Cornhuskers. Now Scott back there is um, far more knowledgeable about sports than I am and uh, so Scott you jump in anytime you want. But, All right we'll uh, do it. Um, the, the, you know, I'm interested as, in you guys as people. And um, my wife is, she. I think my wife knows more about football than I do. Um, I swear it. Uh, and she is such a, a Joe Burrow fan. Um, if she's saying, let's get home. The, t- the game's on. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's really kind of neat because I've never seen her quite like that. Um and we've only been married, I don't know, forty years or so. What's so? What, what do you? What's the deal here? Why? Why do you think uh, Joe Burrow has gotten the attention that he has? And I don't mean just locally either. Dave, well, you take could, a I poke could, at it. If I, if I could compliment, uh, if I could compliment Jimmy uh, and, and his wife as parents, because Joe Burrow. As great a football player as he is, and he is great. Mm-hmm. He is special. He's even a better human being. I mean, Joe Burrow is unbelievably talented people skills. He treats everybody with respect and dignity. 
and uh, he, he just he's a he's a natural leader. Um, he carries himself the exact same way in every situation, you know, whether it be after a big win or after a tough loss or he is so consistent in his, the way he approaches his life, it seems like. And he was just raised right. I mean, obviously, uh, he's got great parents. He's got a great family. And if uh, he, he's, he's the type of son every dad would like to like to have when that son grows up and becomes a man. Because Joe Barlow is every bit of man, I can tell you that. Jimmy, uh, your back, uh, mm-hmm. my back is to you, but I I think if I turned around, you might be blushing. Well, uh, I appreciate those kind words, Dave. Uh, you know, Joe, uh, he's, he's kind of just a just a regular Joe, so, so to speak. Uh, uh, I don't think anybody that's been around him could say, "Hey, I know he's a superstar by the way he acts." That's that's not that's not Joe. Um, he. Yep. Uh, uh, he loves playing for the Bengals. He's he's always been a, a team player. He he loved playing for uh, uh, Athens Bulldogs. There again, uh, was a just a regular uh, guy with his teammates. And the same thing at LSU. There's there's a bond that he seems to be able to uh, to create with with his teammates. That's 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 unbelievable. And then you know the success that that he has kind of. Uh, filters out through through not only the state of Ohio and and Louisiana but but really all all across the the country and and uh, certainly uh, we're, we're very proud of what he's done on the football field but even more so uh, uh, like Dave said the, the way he handles himself and at press conferences and and after those those wins and losses and and just uh, uh, the things that he does, you know, for for Southeast Ohio with with the Joe Burrow Hunger Relief Fund and all those things, uh, certainly uh, we're we're very proud of it. Now, I, I swear, I heard you say Bengals, Bengals, okay, and and I've been having an argument with my uh, sports director Connor Mills about uh, it, no, it's Bengals, not Bengals. And now, would someone set me straight? Well, if I can, Dave, this is Scott Daly. Um, Connor, our sports director, is from New Jersey. Uh-huh. So that's where the Bengals pronunciation comes in instead of Bengals. And I've told our Connor, our sports guy, the Bengals are a, a girl group, musical group, and, and not a pro football team. Well, yeah, isn't that a piece of jewelry? Bangles, isn't that a piece of jewelry like a I bangle guess. or I mean, a bracelet I, or something? <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm from the south, and even though I haven't lived down there for a long time, I think I, I still pronounce things with with that southern accent sometimes. But uh, I swear uh, I heard it. Okay, uh, probably so. Well, uh, either way, so uh, someone give me the history of the Bengals. When when um, let's see how long has Cincinnati had a football team? 1968, the Bengals were were founded by Paul Brown, who obviously was the founder of the of the Cleveland Browns. Uh, they played in the, in the old AAFL, and then they were merged into the National Football League. And won a bunch of championships up there in Cleveland with Otto Graham and Dante Lavelli and all those great players. And uh, he and Art Modell had a falling out. Art Modell fired him. Paul Brown said, okay, well, I'll just go south and start another team in, uh, in the American Football League back in the day in 1968 when the Bengals were founded. And then when the AFL and the NFL merged, Bengals were part of that merger. And uh, so that was the that was the transition um, from Cleveland to Cincinnati for Paul Brown and, and from Cincinnati and from the AFL to the National Football League. So uh, Cincinnati had had a team previously, but – do you recall their names, or or did I misunderstand? Um, well, I mean, Cincinnati, the, the the professional football team, the Cincinnati Bengals that are in existence today, were founded in 1968. Okay. It's the same team. They just were they just were uh, taken from the American Football League that merged with the National Football League. The I American see. Football League, and National Football League, were competing for a few years, and then they merged. If you talk about the history of broadcasting, I can be uh, far more exact. But uh, uh, I'm the sports scene is uh, something I I'm still learning. You know what I mean? Particularly from a history gotcha. point of view. All right, now 
Um, Jimmy, uh, what's it been like for, I mean, Joe, I'm sure is, uh, you know, talks to you like he would his father and, and because you are and, and confides in you certain things that he might not talk about publicly. How does he feel down there? Well, I, I, I wish he'd talk to us more than he does especially during the, the week because he's so yeah. he's so focused and some 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 weeks actually we don't uh have a a, a voice conversation it is through text but um he, he loves playing for uh, cincinnati and and being a part of that organization uh you know he's he's been treated uh uh really awesome by by the the owners and, and the administrators of, of, of the Browns. And, uh, uh, you know, he, that's who he always wanted to play for. There was always discussion that uh, Joe didn't, didn't uh, want, want to play for Cincinnati, but that was never the case. It's two and a half hours from here. Uh, he, he loves uh, uh, representing uh, uh, Southeast Ohio and, and Ohio in general and, and being, being part of that, that organization. And in his mind, they they continue to get better and uh, uh, he, he's he's very excited about about this this week and and where they are at, at this point and uh, you know that's that's what his that's what he's visioned uh, for for the Bengals since since he got drafted was to be playing a, basically a playoff game uh, for for championships and playoffs uh, at this time of year and uh, some people may think it's happened quicker than than everybody thought but that's that's not joe he's he's thought all along uh, he thought they should have made the playoffs last year uh so that's that's just his mindset right now with with that football team scott uh, you you help me because this is not my strongest point um how many games are in a, a, a pro football season 15? 15. 17. 17. 17 now. I know. No, 17. There's, you, they went to 16. 16 this year yeah, at 17. Yeah. Okay. okay. And how many have been um, done already? 14. 14. So we got three to go. Who do they play yes. next? We play the Ravens. Uh, the Baltimore, Baltimore Ravens, Ravens in Cincinnati. Ground, yeah. Okay. yeah, and I think, uh, I think Lap kind of wants to maybe – uh, expand on that a little bit and kind of hype up that game for this weekend. Let's do it, uh, Dave. Because it's it's a big one for the Bengals. Sure. It is, it is a big one, and uh, uh, it's, it's a rematch. Uh, the, the Cincinnati Bengals, it's a division opponent, and that's a big factor in tiebreaker for playoffs. If, if, you, if two teams finish with identical win-loss record, it goes head-to-head. How'd you do against that team head-to-head? Well, the Bengals have swept the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they're hoping to sweep the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, they beat the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore 41-17, which was the most points scored against John Harbaugh's Baltimore Ravens ever in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And uh, Joe Burrow was phenomenal. 416 passing yards in three quarters. He just sliced and diced a uh, hell of a defensive football team coordinated by a very, very good defensive coordinator, highly respected around the league. And Joe just just his pre-snap reads. And then after the snap of the football, when they tried to change things, Joe was in concert with it, just sliced them up and had just a phenomenal football game. And uh, so this is a big rematch. And, and the Ravens remember that, you know, that they get spanked at home. Yes. They got beaten in Baltimore uh, by 24 points. So, so they've got an Bengals attitude. And Ravens. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll come in with a chip on their shoulder as big as a two-by-four. Yep. No question about that. And, uh, but, you know, honestly, um, it, it's, you know, it's going to be – all you do is put that aside. That's past history. And as Coach Jimmy Burrow knows, being a great coach that he was, I mean, there's going to be – there's always adjustments and adjustments to adjustments. And they're going to do some things differently. The Bengals will do some things differently. And then they'll have to adjust to that again during the course of the game and – more than once during the course of the game. And, and so uh, there's no prior history that does not determine the outcome of the current contest, that's for sure. And uh, the team, and Joe in particular, is acutely aware of that. And I, I think it's going to be a heck of a football game, though. And one thing that um, when you go to Baltimore, it's, it's loud. And the, the, the crowd, it's a big, big crowd, sellout crowd, full throat. 
as we'd like to have down here at Paul Brown Stadium for this one, sell this thing out, have an overflow crowd, be loud and proud, because as a former offensive player, when you're on the road, you can't hear Oops. yourself think, and okay. you can't hear verbal communication. It has to be signals and hand signals and all that sort of thing. There's a lot of false start penalties that happen, a lot of, you know, you're a little bit late coming off the ball. You might be holding when you shouldn't have been. And a lot of, a lot of uh, issues that you have to deal with. So that's what everybody's hopeful that the crowd here in Cincinnati was at least as loud as in Baltimore. And when the Ravens fly back to Baltimore after that game with a loss in the books, <laughs> they say, wow, man, that Paul Brown Stadium, that's loud. That's a tough place to play. That's yeah. the goal. Yeah. My wife's from Baltimore. Um, or she had a, lot, a number of years there, and uh, I've been to that stadium to a game, and you're right, it's crazy. Um, let me, let, let me, me just, just add, tell you one let more me just thing add to, oh. to what Dave said for for a minute. Uh, they, uh, you know, there are tickets available, so anybody that's listening to this on, on Sunday, you can you can still get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Dave said, the the home crowd can can be a difference maker in in these close games, and we anticipate. That that'll be a close game. So anybody that's uh, listening to this, we'd we'd uh, love to have you there. Joe would love people from Athens and and Southeast Ohio to, to get there Sunday. And and like like Dave said, let's let's make that thing sold out and as loud as possible. Folks, I should uh, explain. Uh, a few seconds ago, we had a, a twenty second um, interruption from the state broadcast system. That was an EAS, Emergency Activation System, test. And uh, I apologize. So, Dave, there was a 20-second gap in, uh, where they didn't hear you. But um, let's see here. Let's, let's – um, what um, – okay, so what's – okay, so they play in Baltimore – Sunday? No, we play in Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Play in Cincinnati. Right? Baltimore mm-hmm. is going to be hosted by Cincinnati on Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. And um, what time is that game? It's at, uh, one o'clock. One o'clock kick. Okay. Now, um, it's a, a remarkable to me where I I go and meet people at different restaurants and we socialize and so on. How many people tell me they're going to? this game or that game to watch Joe. Um, I, I think that's terrific. Athens is really there. And, um, and even far away games, you know, it's uh, remarkable. So Athens obviously very proud. Uh, what's it like for you, Jim? Yeah. I mean, every, everywhere we go, uh, there's, especially in our, our neighborhood, uh, there's Bengal flags and and uh, uh, you know Bengal uh, uh, yard signs and and uh, really uh, we we know there's there's still a lot of Pittsburgh and and Cleveland fans around here because that all originated many years ago before there was ever even Bengals and and those families carry on that tradition but uh, we've inherited uh, since Joe has has been with Cincinnati there's uh, a whole lot of people that that have really switched their allegiance uh, to to Cincinnati, and and uh, there's there's more and more that's going to jump on on the bandwagon. So uh, you know we're we're all excited about that. It's remarkable to me. Uh, I have reason to be in the uh, Columbus airport, and um, uh, it was just in advance of uh, a game that was away. And uh, the number of people that I saw from Athens who were headed to watch that game wherever it was being played. Yeah, I might add, too, uh, Dave, this is Scott again, that uh, there are a lot of number nine jerseys in Paul Brown Stadium on Sunday. There are a lot of number nine jerseys. What I hear about a 9.5. Athens, yeah, that's what I'm getting to here. Okay. Uh, With the name, image, and likeness of college student-athletes now, uh, Jimmy and I have talked about launching a line of a jersey of Joe Burrow's dad. <laughs> and we're going to make his number 9.5, yeah. which is close to a 10. Sure. 
I don't know if that would sell very many uh, jerseys, but I, I like the I like the idea, Scott. You like that concept. So, uh, I'm, I'm sure Joe would, I'd, I'd would get a, I'd, snicker I'd get at that. I'd give him close to a ten. I'd make it a nine point nine. You know, I'd, I'd get him right right there. That's, that's two good numbers together. That's, that's right. for sure. But uh, there, they wouldn't there wouldn't be a, a great uh, push to buy those, Scott. I, I'm sorry. Uh, but, I don't uh, know. Just my family. We could we would buy a lot of those. And me. <laughs> that's good. Of course. Well, the other. The other uh, interesting story is the borough uh, spelling, the French spelling, you know. Yeah, that's that's something uh, that just the, the uh, Cajuns down in uh, uh, LSU in Louisiana picked up on with, yeah. with Joe. And, and then he, uh, on, on senior night against Texas A&M, uh, he wanted to uh, – just let let the uh, the people of Louisiana know how how much they meant to him, and and he ca- comes out with uh, with a jersey uh, with with that spelling B U R R E A U X on the back, and mm-hmm. it created uh, quite a quite a, a a lot of energy in that stadium before their last game. Jimmy, Dave, both of you, um, describe a day in the life, not a game day. But a day in the life, say, say it's midweek of a professional football player. Well, Dave, go ahead. I think you've, you've been around the Cincinnati uh, uh, enough. You kind of know what, what's going on there. And then, and then if, you know, I'll add anything uh, after you, you kind of go through some of that. Dave Lapper. Sure. Um, the, 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 one, the one thing about uh, Joe um, is his day is long because – Joe, Joe sets the tone. You have your best player uh, setting a high bar in terms of preparation. Joe's the first one in the building, the last one to leave. Joe Burrow is a guy that's just thirst for knowledge. I mean, you just can't give him enough information. And he is, his mind's computer-like. I mean, he sorts it all out and stores it away. Mm-hmm. And he, he's like, during the course of the game, he may – come to the sideline and say, look, you know, this wasn't in this game plan this particular week, but, boy, remember when we ran this three weeks ago and this is perfect for what this defense is doing to us. We weren't expecting them to do this. He's unbelievable with the adjustments that he makes and, and the audibles that he checks to during the course of the game, and that's all because of his preparation during the week. And it, it's unbelievable. I, I wanted to ask you, Jimmy, his laser focus is, and, you know, guys focus and take pride in focusing. Joe, it's like he'll be sitting there in his locker and just, you know, with a computer and, and, and just just pouring over a game tape and information the coaches have given him and everything. And, and you know to stay away, you know, and you know he's locked in. Where did that come from? I mean, did, was he, even as a young player, was he focused like that? Would he, would he put all that extra time and effort into his preparation, even in his younger years? Yeah, as as he got into high school, and you know, people shared uh, game tape. Certainly, uh, he he did a lot of, of, of study <clears throat> at the house and with his coaches. And we we did watch uh, some film. Uh, Ed Donatell, the defensive coordinator from for the Broncos, yeah. is a friend of mine, and and he he uh, I saw where he said that that Joe was a complete player, and and that that he certainly had had grown up with with me as a defensive coach and a defensive coordinator and in his mind that's one of the reasons Joe uh, understands defenses uh, so so well and and is able to make those uh, quick reads and adjustments now uh, I, I'm not sure that that has a lot to do with it but we did have a lot of defensive discussions in in, in our in our house and Jamie and Dan at Nebraska were both defensive players but he, he's just always wanting to be prepared and and uh, the best way to do that is is to study during the week and and listen to your coaches and and uh, put in the extra work uh, I mean his playing in the NFL is 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 not easy it's it's a long long day just like uh, you said it, it's you know some people probably think it's just practice but it's it's meetings it's preparation uh, it's it's doing all the right things on and off the field and uh, uh, you know that's that's just his focus. He he doesn't like dealing with mom and dad during the week, so there's limited <laughs> conversations with us. Um, uh, we don't we don't get there until Saturday night, so we we really don't see him at all during during the week until Sunday after the game, and that's that's 
uh, that's the way he wants it, and and I'm I'm good with that because I I know it's it's just part of his routine now. Jim, you no, know, the other thing. Uh, oh, go ahead, Dave and Jimmy. The other thing is is that I think Joe deserves so much credit uh, because <laughs> the knee injury. I mean, the ACL. That's a knee reconstruction. There are two ligaments damaged, cartilage damage. I mean, that, that's a serious, serious injury. Yes. And for him to come back as quickly as he's come back, and even during the season with all that he's preparing for physically and mentally to play quarterback in the National Football League, he was still a good part of it. He's still finishing up. He's still in rehab from that, uh, from that you know, reconstruction of, of the ACL in his left knee. So, to, I mean, he has to carve that into his day. So that that's – He's doing his normal weight training, upper body and all that, and everything that he's doing to condition himself to play uh, quarterback and go through the rigors of quarterback in the National Football League. But he's also rehabbing a reconstructed knee. It's unbelievable what, what, how he, you know, his time management, how he's been able to uh, perform at the level he's performing at. And, and to see him run uh, on third down three times to generate big first downs in last week's game, he did that pop-up slide. When he did that pop-up slide and, you know, and signal first down, I'm like, Joe is back. He's <laughs> not even thinking about that knee anymore. He is rolling, baby. Joe Burrow is back. That was unbelievable to watch. Jimmy, uh, describe when that happened and what, how you felt. Well, it, it, it makes me a little nervous still uh, since, since last too. year. <laughs> I, you know, we really never had thought too much about uh, Joe getting injured and and uh, it does cross our mind now but 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 he's he's at least uh, uh he gets feedback from from archie manning and peyton manning and people like that to hey you need to slide more and and so he's kind of taking everybody up on that i i kind of uh have, have said something uh, here and there but but you know he those are the type guys that he would listen to more than me but just that that whole rehab you know it started in the California with with uh, Dr. Elatrosh uh, uh, surgery and rehab there, and then uh, uh, came back and Nick Nick Cosgray uh, and uh, Paul uh, Sparling. Uh, there's there's a lot of credit that goes to to those two guys, and and then Dak Notestine is is one of Joe's personal uh, uh, strength and conditioning coaches that worked uh, with with us at Ohio University, and and he had a big part in it. So it's really a it, it was a team effort to, to get Joe back uh, to where, where he is today. That's that's for sure. And and there there'll still be a, additional work that that he'll need to do after after this season to to really get back to to truly 100 percent the next year. Yeah. Let me ask a question, and and you folks are going to laugh at me, I think. Um, you know, the, the, the coaches have headphones and microphones, and they're talking to the coaches up in the booth and uh, all that sort of thing. With a helmet on, couldn't you not have communication with the quarterback live? Well, they, they do. They do, yes. Okay, uh, so yeah. they. I've often wondered if that was permissible. So, yeah, they'll cut it off. It'll, they'll be able to communicate – like on the, the the play clock is 35 second play clock, and for about 20 or 25 seconds of whatever the numbers you communicate, then they cut it off. And uh, as the quarterback gets up the line of scrimmage, they don't want the coach, you know, yelling in his ear as he's trying to okay. um, do the cadence and recognize the defense and all that. But they, they, there's communication that goes on for sure. So there's a neutral party that controls when it's active and not. Or, or, yeah, they, yeah, I mean, the, the, I'm, sh- I'm, I'm not sure the details, but yeah. the, the quarterback uh, is able to communicate, and it's, and it's, it's monitored and cut off, like Dave said, at, at a certain time. And one, one particular uh, player on defense uh, has that, that helmet that has the, uh, the contact on it too. So it's not 11 guys on offense, 11 on defense. It's just one uh, per, yeah. per side of the ball. Okay. They call it the green dot. The helmet, the helmet has a green dot on it, and the player that's wearing the helmet with the green dot, the officiating crew, everybody knows that that's the guy that has the communication device in his helmet. He's the one that's uh, able to communicate with the sideline. I see. Hey, well, Dave, this is Scott again. Um, one, one thing, uh, I, I had someone just text me now that's listening in who is a, uh, he, a Cincinnati native and a diehard Bengals fan, um, but – 
one thing Jimmy and I talked about when Joe was drafted by the Bengals is the Bengals were not a winning franchise at the time. And Jimmy and I had a discussion about, uh, you know, what what is Joe's approach? What's going to happen? And as you have talked about, too, Joe's incredible laser focus and preparation for games and his leadership is off the charts. That is one of those things that you can't teach a player. And Jimmy and I discussed that if anybody could turn around the franchise, Joe would get it done. And, you know, as you mentioned, I don't know if we expected it this soon or not, but it's happening as we look. Uh, the Bengals are in the playoff hunt big time. As Jimmy mentioned, Joe thought they should have been last year. Um, and and with that, Joe is making that happen. But but where where do you think the Bengals would be without a Joe Burrow, a Jamar Chase, and uh, some of the recent draft picks they've had? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think the National Football League is a quarterback-driven league. And um, I think there are a lot of coaches around the National Football League that are great coaches. I mean, if they weren't great coaches, they wouldn't be in the National Football League. But yes. not all of them have quarterbacks. And, and if a, you know, there's, there's the age-old debate is who gets credit for the success, Bill Belichick or Tom Brady? Well, in my mind, you know, that's what you have to have. You have to have a combination of, you know, the head coach and the coaching staff and the quarterback and his teammates, you know, but the head coach and the, and the quarterback combo is essential. And, you know, my analogy is always like, hey, peanut butter sandwiches are good, jelly sandwiches are good, but peanut butter and jelly together is better. You know, that makes a hell of a sandwich. <laughs> so you gotta, it's nice to have both. And, uh, and that's where the Bengals have a shot because if you don't have a quarterback, you know, I, I look at Carolina, for example, I, I think he's a hell of a head coach down there. But he, they can't find a quarterback, and and the and the when the Bengals have had quarterbacks that have been Pro Bowl caliber quarterbacks, and congratulations to Joe Burrow, by the way, getting a mention for the Pro Bowl, and it's a good chance. Well, I hope I hope none of them are playing. Seven guys have a shot, but none of them playing because that's playing the Super Bowl. There's no Pro Bowl, but uh, but Joe Joe's getting recognized for for the leadership and the seasons that he's having and the season he had this year. And, and I, I, I think it's when you had uh, Kenny Anderson, we went to the Super Bowl. When you had Boomer Esiason, went to the Super Bowl. They both won MVP as well. Uh, Carson Palmer went to the playoffs. Andy Dalton went to the playoffs. Joe Burrow is going to the playoffs. And Joe Burrow is going to the playoffs multiple times. Joe Burrow could win a Super Bowl. And there's no doubt in my mind. I mean, he already won a national championship. He's been to the big show. He knows what it takes. Some guys have the it factor. Joe Burrow, I don't know exactly. I can't make a, you know, like a, a definitive definition of what it is. But you know when guys have it, you know when they don't. And when guys have it, you don't want to lose it. And Joe's got it. I mean, he ain't going to lose it. Yeah, and uh, one thing we talk about around here at Athens, uh, too, is we all we watch Joe play high school football here, okay? The coaches finally turned the offense over to Joe in what is midway through his junior year. Something like that, yeah, Jimmy? Yeah, they, they... Okay. Joe ran, almost ran the table to a state championship. Uh, they should have won it. There were, For me, there was some controversy in officiating, but that's neither here nor there now. Okay, he went to Ohio State, and this is no poke at Ohio State, but in my mind, Joe had that quarterback job won at Ohio State. Uh, he had, well, what turned out to be the lucky break for him. I think he wanted to stay at OSU, but instead he went to LSU. LSU figured out, let's let Joe run the show, run the game. Yep. He ran the table there. And now I, I'm, I'm thinking that hopefully the Bengals can figure out to turn Joe loose a lot more and, and let him adapt to what he sees on the field like he did at Athens High School, like he did at LSU. And now a lot of it he's doing, you know, with the Bengals. And uh, I, I don't know about you, Jimmy, but I, I hear more about Joe than I do the coach of the Bengals. Well, they, uh, Zach Taylor uh, in, in our mind is doing a great job. And, and uh, uh, you know, it's, it's sometimes it's, it's easy for any of us to, to say, uh, you know, things that, that you see uh, as a fan and even as a former coach. But 
I, I will say that that Joe, as as well as as uh, myself, we we trust uh, uh, those guys to to do what's best for Joe and what's best for the team. And uh, you know, it's still a it's still an ongoing process to get where they want to get to. And and uh, but right now is is a is a great start to to be in this position. And uh, I, I think it's it's very important that. Everybody understands that's that this is a this is a playoff game really, uh, come Sunday at one o'clock against the Ravens yep. and yep. Uh, uh, you know they they'll have them the coaches uh, will have them ready and uh, uh, Scott you know the NFL is a, is a heck of a lot di- different than Athens High School so yes. <laughs> yeah. some of the things maybe that they let Joe do at, at Athens you know just doesn't uh, fit in with with uh, their philosophy there at at the Bengals and and. Uh, but he's totally uh, on board with everything that coaching staff gives him during the course of the week to be prepared, and and uh, he he loves playing for uh, for for Zach and and that offensive staff. You know, it's Joe. Joe's a great example of uh, great players love the grind. It's a grind. I mean, it's you know you, the the amount of time that Joe Bur- Burrow puts into getting ready for a football game. You know, like like Dave was asking about what's what's a day like. It's it's a long day. I mean, Joe's in there getting information from coaches before the meetings even start, and then there's meetings, and then they uh, you know they they have to maybe lift on on a particular day, and then they have to go out and practice, and then there's uh, look at tape after practice, watch the tape of what occurred during practice, more meetings to make adjustments, you know, installation of the game plan one day, installation of short yards and goal line another day, installation of red zone, situational football another day. I mean, it's 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 a grind. Joe doesn't just like it. Joe thrives on it. <laughs> Joe Burrow is, I mean, he's got a smile on his face. Well, I shouldn't say that because he's so laser focused. He is just, he, he just, every single minute of every single day, he thrives on football. And, and as a result, Joe's a football savant, man. I mean, I don't think there's anybody that understands the game of football any better than Joe Burrow. He, he not only knows, he knows his offense cold. He could install it like a coach could install it, but he understands what defenses are trying to do to take it away from him, you know, and I think that's a tribute to Jimmy, what he did with Joe, you know, about all his defensive talks and everything. Joe Burrow is a football savant. He could coach any position on the football field if he decided to coach it. I mean, he's one of those guys. He's, he's amazing. What's the average playing career in terms of years for a Pro football player. Take a guess. Well, the the the, the average career by collect by the, the union, um, it, it, you're a vested player uh, in your th- play three years in the National Football League. You're vested for retirement. Okay. It was five when I was playing, but too many guys were done four years or less. Yeah. They cut it down to four. When I, long after I stopped playing, now they cut it down to three. So you'll have guys though that will play. 10 or 15 years. Um, but the average career, when you put everybody that reports to training camps and all that, who makes it, how long they play and everything, it it, uh, it ends up being around a three-year career on an average basis. Now, Jimmy and Dave, you've both played pro ball. Um, <clears throat> you know, what? what is it like, life after play? Well, you, you, I mean, you got to have a, have a plan uh, to – what what you're going to do uh, uh, with your life the rest of the time and uh, I was fortunate to to play six years and and I did have a plan I I went to a graduate school at Washington State University and and got my master's and and was a graduate assistant in in the spring of each of my uh, off seasons in in Canada and uh, so uh, I I think a lot of these guys may maybe uh, uh, have an idea of 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 what they want to do, and, and as I said, they they all need to need to have a plan. But uh, it, it always takes uh, some some adjustment to 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 get used to the life after football, and and uh, uh, you know hopefully uh, uh, Joe will play a, a a long time, and and uh, uh, I I don't know if he he would be a coach. Certainly, uh, I think he'd be a great coach, but. Uh, those hours that that we spend as a as a coach may not be conducive to to what uh, somebody <laughs> wants to do after after the NFL. But 
the the main thing for all, all these players is is to is to have a plan because it can end uh, really at any any play, any game, any season. Dave Lapham, now uh, how about you? I mean, did you have a career in mind post football, so to speak? Well, Dave, back when when I played, uh, the money wasn't anywhere near like it is today. And yeah. Paul Brown would always tell us, you know, um, guys, when you when you're playing foot done playing football, you're still going to be a young man. And you know, I I played 12 years, and I was still only 33 years old when I was done playing professional football. And he's right. Now you got to find. He used to call it your life's work. In fact, when he cut a player, he'd say. I'm doing you a favor, son. I'm letting you find your life's work early. You know, it didn't work out here, but now you're going to have an opportunity to go find your life's work. And um, he, so I had, I had an off-season job every off-season, and it was, you know, maybe eliminate things. Like I worked at uh, an advertising agency. I worked uh, as a substitute teacher. I, I sold uh, industrial chemicals. I sold industrial adhesives. Do you know, I like sales? Do I like this? Do I like that? Well, while I was playing, I'm like, eh, I. I might like to coach and if not coaching, you know, maybe do some broadcast work. So I had those two things kind of yeah. in mind. I had some coaching uh, opportunities, but you know, my wife and kids were real interested in staying in Cincinnati. And if I started coaching, you might hopscotch to a few different spots, obviously, particularly early in your coaching career, as Jimmy kind of talked about uh, all of the spots that he coached. And so I decided to go with the broadcast side of it, um, you know, and, and keep my family ba- uh, based here in Cincinnati. And it turned out to be a good decision for the family. My kids are still in Cincinnati. I've got grandkids now in Cincinnati. So That's it has cool. definitely uh, yeah. become home for us. Yeah, Jimmy, you know, you, you, have, you have 40 years of coaching. And um, and, and when, and when um, Joe got his pro gig, you gave it up. Well, actually, I, I and you're not an old guy. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm older than you think, Dave. But uh, I, uh, I actually retired uh, before Joe's senior year at oh, LSU okay. because uh, uh, the year before I'd, I'd only been able to go to three games uh, at uh, LSU, and and none of them uh, were at uh, Tiger Stadium. So. Uh, I, I didn't want to n- not not be there for for Joe and my wife had gone to to every game the year before so I wanted to, to make sure I was there f- for for uh, Joe's games his senior year mm-hmm. so um, you know that was probably the uh, one of the better decisions that I that I've that I've made when it comes to coaching was to to give it up I, I was able to to go to every single award uh show that that joe was involved in uh, the heisman and, and several others and then 15 games including the the national championship so uh you know that was a that was a, a good decision and it was a family decision and uh, now we we go to every game on sunday and and uh you know retirement allows me to do that yeah it's pretty well, cool. how awesome is that to be able to see every game of a yeah. the national championship heisman Trophy season by your son that is unbelievably amazing yeah not many parents can say they they've done something like that uh adventure too no doubt dave this is scott again um i i want to brag on jimmy here if i can Uh, go right right ahead scott yeah i will i'll do it (laughs) (laughs) so uh anyway it's a mutual admiration society (laughs) here or something like that but uh jimmy and i work together in the ohio University Athletics Department. I became eventually the director of business operations in the administrative part. And I, of course, knew Jimmy the whole time that I was there. And you know, as well as I do, there's a staff of, what, 10 to 11 coaches uh, and and the head coach too. All right. Now, Mm -hmm. these guys have to do a lot of recruiting. They're out on the road, right? And they come in and they give you their travel expense reports. And what I had to do was basically do an audit on these before I could give them back the travel expense report. Or I tried to rush it through as quick as I could uh, as far as the timetable for reimbursement. So, uh, you right. know, th- these these uh, travel uh, uh, expenses add up. So, you know, I was aware sure. of that. Sure. Now, of all of these coaches, 
they would all come in to see me when they had a travel expense report, right? Now, this is where I'm going to brag on Jimmy. Jimmy was the only one of these coaches, and I'm not taking a poke at any of these other coaches. Jimmy was the only coach that would come in my office just to say, hello, how you doing? How's things going? Things like that. That's something I will never forget. He did. I said, do you have a travel expense report? <laughs> no. I just came in to say, hey, to see how you were doing. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and not a lot of well, coaches will do that. And for me, that's where Joe gets his good character from. Mm-hmm. You know, when you have parents like that that care just to come in to say, hey, don't want anything, don't need anything. And, and again, I will always remember that about Jimmy Burrow. And uh, hence, I'm going to launch that line of Joe Burrow's dad's <laughs> well, jerseys now with now the 9.9 number. Well, it's it's uh, that, that's that's not a shock to me to hear that because the apple didn't fall far from the tree, you know. I mean, yes, uh, that, that's what I'm talking about with the people skills. And Joe Burrow witnessed, you know, his parents with unbelievable people skills as an example his entire life, you know, and uh, and that that's that's absolutely no shock whatsoever. He, you know, I'm a firm believer in the golden rule, man. You treat people the way you want to be treated, usually it works out. If people don't treat you that way, that you're treated well, you don't want to mess around with them anyway, you know. Find somebody else to, to deal with. So, we, uh. we, we have about two minutes remaining. Um, Scott, I know you've thought about this a lot. What, what What's a question you haven't had the chance to ask? Oh, well, I, wanted, I, I don't know if we have enough time to do this, but if Jimmy or Dave – want to uh, elaborate on one of the funniest stories they've ever encountered in, in either pro football or college, anything like that. And I'll, I'm going to be quiet so you can do it. Wow. There's, Go ahead, Jimmy. There, there are too many of them. I, I guess there's a, there's, there's, there's a <laughs> lot of them. I mean, funny story for, I, I guess, me. It's a famous uh, uh, Grey Cup game that, that we played in. Marv Levy was our head coach, and I'll, I'll – uh, make a long story short but Please. we we put staples in our in our shoes uh to to it had snowed like 10 12 inches the night before olympic stadium was basically a sheet of ice we put uh uh staples under our shoes mm-hmm. and uh we, we were able to stand up so uh, <laughs> most people think that was uh, was kind of a funny way to to win a gray cup there in, in montreal <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, mine, I'll go mine real quick. We had a big uh, offensive tackle by the name of Stan Walters when I was at Syracuse who um, played in the National Football League for the Bengals and the Eagles, all-pro guy, great player. He had a huge head. He had like an eight-and-a-half head. <laughs> so his helmet obviously had to be specially ordered. So for seconds. spring game one year, we spray-painted it pink and put Bucks Bunny decals on it and stuff. <laughs> and, and when he came in, it was like, they couldn't get him another helmet. There was only one helmet on campus that was that big to go on his head. So he got the decals off, and he had to go out in the spring game in a pink helmet, and he was not happy. Man. Well, that listen, um, I can understand, and we're in out our of time. seventy-second year Thank of serving all. Southeast <laughs> Ohio. AM nine seventy and ninety-seven point one FM. WATH Athens. This is CBS News on the Hour. Your home for original reporting. I'm Cammie McCormick. The Omicron variant is worrying so many health officials ahead of Christmas, like Dr. Mark Snyder in Boston. We're in a place where over 100 million Americans are likely going to travel to to see family. Kids are coming home from college. And this is, in some ways, this is a a virus's best dream happening in front of our eyes. There are long lines at testing sites nationwide, and in New York, a lot of frustration. Took a PCR test with guaranteed results. Supposedly in 24 hours, it took five days to get those results, which at this point are meaningless. Dr. Ted Long of New York City's Test and Trace Corps. The wait times have been getting longer for the turnaround at our city-run lab. We're doing nearly 170,000 tests in one day. Our previous record, James, had been 120,000 tests in one day. COVID is canceling holiday plans, as Linda Kenyon reports. Holiday plans are now off from coast to coast.
thanks to the spread of COVID and the highly contagious Omicron variant. This woman in California laments. One of my brothers popped positive and also exposed my mother. Now there's not much reason to go. And on the opposite side of the country, in New York. The last thing I want to do is just be afraid that a hug will potentially put them in dangerous way. Linda Kenyon, CBS News. And this just in, regulators have authorized a second COVID-19 pill for Americans. This one from Merck. The Supreme Court will hear arguments on mandates for testing and vaccinations, as Ed O'Keefe reports from the White House. Last night, the Supreme Court said it plans to hold a special emergency hearing on challenges to the nationwide vaccine or test requirements for large companies and a separate COVID vaccine mandate for healthcare workers. There's a big storm walloping California this holiday week. It could make travel very hazardous in parts of the state. Meteorologist Lonnie Quinn. Up and down the West Coast, San Francisco, the Bay Area, you're picking up a couple of inches of rain today. Los Angeles, you're dealing with the heavy rain as well. You get down to Orange County, stretching down towards San Diego. Flooding's a big problem there. Maybe three, four inches of rain is a possibility for you. Mixed economic news out this morning. Here's Bankrate.com's Mark Hamrick. New seasonally adjusted unemployment claims are unchanged at 205,000 from the previous week's revised level. Fortunately, there is no evidence in this data of a new wave of fresh job loss. New claims are only slightly above the lowest point in decades notched a couple of weeks ago. The outlook for 2022 includes further improvement in the job market and diminution of inflation pressures. Consumer prices rose over the last